This is the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast with Charlie Badwini. Welcome back to the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Badwini. It's been a little while, but here we are back, almost uh, just about a year and a half removed from our last episode. I was a little busy last year with some my senior year of college. Uh, I was a, a broadcast intern for Montclair State University covering athletic events all year long, so I was a little busy with that. Didn't have a chance to sit down and talk Jets, but last season... It, it would have been a rough one to sit through on the podcast. It was such high hopes the beginning half of the season. Everything really fell apart in the latter half. Zach Wilson fell apart. And here we are now, just about getting ready for a new season. And things are a lot different with the New York Jets. I could sit here and talk about the Aaron Rodgers acquisition, but that's already been beat to death by national media and local media alike across and around the tri-state area. So we're just going to skip through all that stuff and get right into this upcoming season because there's a lot of excitement around the Jets. They're considered uh, a top contender in the NFL. When's the last time you could say something like that? And before we even start playing games, there's a lot of stuff to take care of, including the roster and the 53-man. Last night, the Jets took on the Browns in the Hall of Fame game. They blew a 16-0 lead and lost that game 21-16, but regardless, there was a lot of things to take away from in that game, and a lot of a lot of bright spots, some negatives, but I'm just happy to be back, happy to be talking Jets to whoever is out there listening, and if you were one of those people out there listening, I appreciate you and thank you. Uh, it means a lot to me to have your support. I'm not going to get into box score, I'm not going to get into stats or whatever, because really... It was all, no starters even played for the Jets. Literally, it was the backups. We saw a little bit of Zach Wilson in the first quarter, which is basically the only thing I want to talk about here is, I wish we saw more of Zach. He only had five pass attempts in that first quarter, one of which was a beautiful go ball to Malik Taylor from the pocket, just showing off that arm strength. I mean, everyone, of course, clipped and, and posted on social media the, the clip of him tripping and falling over himself for the first down on that first drive, but... Zach's still got the arm. He's just got to fix what's going on upstairs in the brain. Give him a few years behind one of the goats, A-Rod. And I think he could possibly have a chance to be still be the Jets' starting quarterback of the future post the Aaron Rodgers era. Now, what I want to focus most on this episode is not the Hall of Fame game, but the Jets' final 53-man roster. Because obviously right now, we're in the beginnings of the training camp sessions for all across the NFL. And the Jets currently have close to a 90-man roster. 
And before September 11th, week one against the Buffalo Bills, the Jets are going to have to trim that down to 53. And that's what I'm going to do right here for you right now. I have the entire Jets depth chart up next to me from their official website. We're going we're gonna to go through it. I'm going to tell you who should make the roster, who should get cut, and what this, uh, this Jets team may look like, as I said, week one against Buffalo. So we'll start with the quarterbacks. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson is QB one and two. You can pretty much pencil that in now. Write it in pen if you want, because it's not going anywhere. The real question is between Tim Boyle and Chris Strebler. Now, Boyle, they picked up this past offseason. He, he's, he's bounced around the league. He's a, a, a former Green Bay guy, Nathaniel Hackett, offense knower. And I think he's going to have the slight edge over Chris Strebler, just because Strebler is a bit more of a... He, he, I don't want to say he can throw the ball because he's an NFL quarterback. That's just disrespectful, but... He's more of like a, a, a running weapon, and it doesn't seem like there's a spot for him on the 53. The Jets probably do the same thing they did last year, cut him and then stash him on the practice squad. But other than that, that's your three QBs, Rodgers, Wilson, and Boyle. Moving on to the running backs, the Jets currently have six on the roster. You can probably count on them only having four into the regular season. And of course, RB1 is going to be Brees Hall. I mean, he's currently coming back from that ACL, not not practicing yet, but he will be soon. Should be ready for week one. And then behind him, you got guys like Michael Carter, Bam Knight, Izzy Abanikanda, Travis Dye, Demaria Crockett. Um, so here's my projection for the running back room going into week one. It's going to be Brees Hall at RB1. You got Dalvin Cook, who is not currently a Jet, but I am predicting that in the coming weeks he will eventually sign and be the Jets RB2 slash RB1 as they ease Brees back into the lineup. And we're gonna, I'm going to talk about that more down the road, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, RB3, Bam Knight, who had some splash plays last year when the Jets needed some running back help, uh, that undrafted free agent. And then at the fourth running back will be Izzy Abani-Kanda, who was the Jets' fifth-round pick out of Pittsburgh this past season, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, fifth-round pick sounds about right. And so the cuts will be Travis Dye, Demaria Crockett, and then I have the Jets trading Michael Carter, the running back, for a late-round pick. I think he could get some some value around the league. He's, he's still a decent running back, still on his rookie contract, just didn't really have the juice the Jets needed last year. I think Carter will probably want a little change of scenery, especially if the Jets bring in Dalvin Cook. Moving on to receivers, there's a, a lot to go through here. There's about 10 or 11 currently on the Jets roster. And, uh, I mean, the first, first five, I want to say, are pretty easy. Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Mecole Hardman, Alan Lazard, and Randall Cobb are locks to make the roster. I see the Jets carrying six receivers into the regular season, and I picked Malik Taylor to be that sixth receiver. I know some Jets fans might say, what about Jason Brownlee, the training camp darling who's made all those highlight catches? He didn't look great last night in the Hall of Fame game. There's still plenty of time for him to make his impact and show the coaching staff that he belongs in the roster. But as of right now, I'm going to take Malik Taylor, who is not a veteran per se. He's still a young player, but he was in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett. And I think he's got a good shot to make, make the roster, especially after that amazing catch he caught last night. That, that beautiful goal ball from Zach Wilson fell right into the lap of Malik Taylor. And I have him as the sixth receiver, making Jason Brownlee, Irvin Charles, Xavier Gibson, TJ Luther. Alex Erickson and Jerome Cap, the odd men, out. Moving on to tight ends, I see the Jets carrying four in the regular season. They currently have six. Uh, one through three, pretty easy. CJ Uzama, Tyler Conklin, who were both uh, free agent pickups about uh, two years ago, and Jeremy Ruckert, the Jets' third-round pick out of Ohio State last year. 
So now for the fourth tight end, I have between three choices. Zach Kuntz, who was the Jets' seventh-round pick this past season and an athletic freak. Kenny Yaboa, who's been a Jet for about three years now, been a practice squad mainstay, and EJ Jenkins. So I'm cutting Yaboa and Jenkins. Kuntz makes, makes the roster as the fourth tight end. He's, he's really raw but physically talented, and you can't teach that. Yaboa could potentially get stashed on the practice squad. So moving on to the offensive line, I see the Jets keeping nine of them in total across all five positions. Two left tackles. Uh, Dwayne Brown will be the starter week one. I don't think there, there was ever any doubt about that with his backup being Mekhi Becton. Becton played a, a couple snaps last night but wasn't feeling comfortable in that knee yet. But I still think Becton's a, a pretty much a lock to make the roster, barring uh, maybe I could potentially see a trade happening in training camp if a team is really needing a tackle. They could call the Jets up and for the right price could acquire Becton. But that would be... Uh, I don't, I'm not too sure any team would, would risk trading for Becton coming off uh, two years of not playing football and uh, some major knee injuries. So that leaves Greg Sinat out as the odd man out at left tackle. At left guard, the starter being Lakin Tomlinson. He was a little underwhelming last year. He was the Jets' highest paid free agent signing in 2022, and he was a little disappointing, but I think he could have a bounce back year, especially with the other improvements made across the offensive line. And his backup is Wes Schweitzer, who the Jets picked up from Washington this past free agency. He's a bit, a bit more of a swing, swing guard. He can play. He, he can actually play center uh, alongside guard uh, at either side, but he'll just be the backup here, leaving Brett Lang out as the lone cut for the left guards. At center, we got Connor McGovern and Joe Titman as the two locks to make the roster. McGovern's been the Jets' center since 2019 or 20 now, and it was almost seeming like he wouldn't come back, but the Jets signed him late to the veteran minimum, and I want to say like uh, May or June, and he will probably be the starter because the other option, Joe Titman, who the Jets have a lot of stock in, a lot of faith in, but he's a rookie. I think it was their second round pick out of Wisconsin, and Aaron Rodgers, I don't think gets along too well with rookie centers. I, I shouldn't say gets along. I, I, I think Titman's going to need a year to kind of develop, marinate, if you will, and learn. And next year, 24, when, when McGovern walks in free agency, Titman will be the long-term Jets center, but as of right now, he'll be the backup, leaving out Tristan Colon as the lone cut here at center. At right guard, uh, we have Elijah Vera Tucker, who is an all-around fantastic offensive lineman. We lost him in week six last year, the same time as Brees Hall, which was really unfortunate because he was playing everywhere last season. He played left tackle, he played right tackle, he played right guard. His rookie year, he played left guard. It's, 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 he's a fantastic piece that I cannot wait to see back for the Jets. And he can play in a position. We're comfortable leaving him at right guard for now, though, leaving out Adam Pankey and Chris Glazer as the lone cuts at right guard. At right tackle, we have Billy Turner and Max Mitchell making the roster. Billy Turner is a swing tackle we picked up from the Broncos last season. He's a Nathaniel Hackett guy, was in Green Bay before that with Rodgers. So he'll probably, I, I see either him or Makai Becton starting week one at right tackle. And then behind him, Max Mitchell, who showed some promise last year in his rookie season, but unfortunately it was cut short due to some blood clots found in his leg, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. But he's still a developing piece. He's going to be a future starter for the Jets, but not, not just yet. And that's going to be leaving out Yadni Kajuste and Carter Warren as the, the cuts for the tackles. So that's, I believe, 26 offensive players there who are now uh, on the 53. Let's move on over to defense. Starting off with the edge rushers, or the defensive ends, whichever you would prefer. 
I project the Jets taking six uh, edge rushers into the regular season, those six being Carl Lawson and John Franklin Myers as the starters, uh, Jermaine Johnson and Michael Clemens rotating in and out, Will McDonald, who was the Jets' first-round pick this last season, and finally Bryce Huff, who I think is one of the most underrated edge rushers in football and for some reason was playing into the fourth quarter last night in the Hall of Fame game. What uh, I, I guess that's indicative of how the Jets view him on the depth chart, which I vehemently disagree with, but regardless, he's on the 53, and our two cuts would be Ifedi Odenigbo and Desline Alexandre. If I'm mispronouncing those names, I'm sorry, but regardless, they're kind of at the bottom of the depth chart. It doesn't appear that uh, they will be making the roster. Now, moving on to defensive tackle, I only have four projected to make the roster, which might sound a little slim, but let me let me, let me get through here. So the four being uh, Quinnen Williams, of course, who just signed his massive contract extension to become one of the highest paid defensive tackles in football behind, uh, only behind Aaron Donald, if I'm not mistaken. And then our two Seattle Seahawks acquisitions, Al Woods and Quentin Jefferson. And the fourth reserve defensive tackle being Solomon Thomas. Now that might seem a little thin as I said, but remember that John Franklin Myers and Michael Clemens can kind of rotate in and out as either edge rushers or defensive tackles. So the defensive line is easily one of the best, best spots on the Jets roster. It's, it's deep with talent and definitely one of our strong suits. Uh, our defensive tackle cuts being Isaiah Mack, Tanzel Smart, and Marquise Spencer. Moving on to the linebackers, the Jets currently have almost 10 on the roster. And I project them to only carry four into the regular season, those four being the captain, C.J. Mosley, uh, the brother of Quinnen Williams, Quincy Williams, who just signed a, an extension this past summer, and Jamie and Sherwood and Hamza Nasruddin, who were two years ago Jets draft picks who were safeties converted to linebackers. And now they've developed, they've cooked in the oven for a, for a year or two, and now they're ready to play linebacker in the NFL. And I think Jamie and Sherwood's going to be the one who's going to start alongside those other two. And Sherwood might end up being the long-term C.J. Mosley replacement because Mosley's contract is up at the end of the season. He's getting older. We'll see what happens. But Sherwood, it might be a, a long, long-term piece on the Jets' defense depending on how he performs this year. So those cuts from linebackers are Chaz Surratt, who had an interception last night, could be a, a candidate for the practice squad, Zaire Barnes, Malik Hall, Caleb Johnson, and Claudin Shirellis. Now, linebacker is one of the only positions I'm really kind of concerned about going into the season with the Jets. It's really thin. If C.J. Mosley goes down, we really got to pray that Jamie Sherwood is, is what he's been made up to be because other than that, we're pretty darn thin. So, uh, linebackers, please stay healthy this season. Moving on to corners, I see the Jets carrying five into the regular season, those five being Sauce Gardner, of course, the reigning defensive rookie of the year, uh, criminally underrated D.J. Reed. Another criminally underrated guy, and Michael Carter II is our nickel. And the two reserve corners being Brandon Eccles and Javelin Goudry. Uh, Goudry is one of the fastest players in football, and last season the Jets unfortunately cut him going into the regular season. He was picked up by the Cardinals, but here he is this summer back with the Jets, and I think this time he has what it's, what, what it's going to take to uh, stick around on the final 53. Uh, some cuts being Jimmy Moreland, Craig James, and Derek Langford. Now, one name I left out of there was Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall has kind of gotten a raw deal with the Jets. He, he started, a, I think, every all 16 games in 21 for the Jets alongside Brandon Eccles, and he, he performed well. He wasn't great. He was good. And I see the Jets maybe trading him for a late-round pick this at, at end of the summer. 
He was a lot of he was inactive for most of last season, unfortunately. But uh, I, I see the Jets maybe fetching a late round pick for him and getting some value from a player who could probably benefit from a change of scenery and could actually I think start for maybe 16 teams in the league right now. So Bryce Hall maybe getting us a late round pick. Moving on to safety, uh, the Jets currently have seven on the roster, and I think the starting four and the four that we will carry into the regular season will be Jordan Whitehead, who was a free agent pickup last year, Tony Adams, who was an undrafted free agent last season, who stuck around on the roster and has been really impressing the Jets, uh, Jets staff this training camp. He's projected to be a starter in year two, which is really impressive because he'll be starting over a guy in Adrian Amos, who the Jets signed from the Packers this past offseason. He'll be a reserve safety. And the fourth safety being Ashton Davis, uh, one of only two Jets 2020 draft picks still on the roster, him and Makai Becton. And I think he's only around at this point for special teams. And also, so Douglas's 2020 draft looks just a little bit better. Uh, the cuts for safeties being Trey Dean, Marquise Waters, Dane Krukshank, and the final safety who is listed on the roster but will be going on season-ending injured reserve is Jarek Bernard Converse. He was a, a priority undrafted free agent signing for the Jets in April, and he's going to have a chance to redshirt this season and have a chance to make the roster in 24. So we'll see about that. Now, that was 23 players on defense, putting us at 49 players in total, leaving us space for our four last players on the Jets roster on special teams. Uh, our kicker and punter are Greg Zerloin and Thomas Morstead, who Zerloin was good last year, and he looked great last night in the Hall of Fame game, made some really impressive kicks. Thomas Morstead, who should have been our punter for the last two years, but uh, the Jets were really trying to make it work with Braden Mann, which was a very unfortunate decision. And it's really good to have Morstead back. He was fantastic for the first six weeks in 21 when Braden Mann was hurt week one against the Panthers and the Jets let him go, which was a very, very stupid decision. But it's good to have him back and he'll be punting for the Jets. Our long snapper and longest tenured Jet since 2016, Thomas Hennessy, who is, people say he's one of the best long snappers in football. I'm not entirely sure how you grade that or how that's figured out, but I'm going to let the experts experts uh, speak on that. And we still got Thomas Hennessy here on the roster. And our final roster spot goes to special teams extraordinaire Justin Hardy, who's been a, been a Jet for, this will be his third season. And he's one of the best special teamers in the league, always chasing down punts, always making tackles on kickoffs. And Hardy, truly a leader, has been a captain every year with the Jets. So that's our final 53. Uh, it's looking good going into the regular season. A really talented roster. Definitely, I would say, unbiased top 10 in the league. Defensively, offensively, we're pretty deep. The only, like, like I said, the only real position group I'm concerned about is linebacker. And there's a few spots on the offensive line where if a starter goes down, it gets a little dicey. But I trust in Joe Douglas to uh, supplement both those spots if you know, disaster strikes midseason. We have draft picks to spare. We have cap space thanks to the Aaron Rodgers extension and the $35 million pay cut. And I couldn't be more excited about the season. And of course, we still have three preseason games to go. There's a lot of, a lot of time and room for some of these guys to make their imprints on the roster. And there's always a, a shock one or two each season. So I'm sure this isn't going to be 100% accurate, but it should be generally relatively close to what we'll see uh, come week one. So now that that's out of the way, I'm going to take a back seat here and I'm putting in some clips from a radio show I sit in on weekly, Ant and Maz in the Midday for WMSC Radio. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fun time. I, I do it with, with some buddies from Montclair State. 
Brandon Marazzo, Anthony Caffone, and Connor Cupin. We have some really great dialogue, and this past week we touched on the Aaron Rodgers pay cut and the Dalvin Cook ordeal, which I mentioned earlier in the uh, in the episode. So please sit back, enjoy, and listen to the last of this episode with Ant and Maz in the midday. We are back here at 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. This is Ant and Maz in the midday. I just heard the song say overcomplicating every situation. You know what's not overcomplicating every situation? Aaron Rodgers taking pay cuts so that they can actually do something this season. Woo! Charlie, go ahead. I get you got two minutes. Two. Aaron Rodgers taking the biggest pay cut in the history of professional sports for the New York Jets. If you had said that to me two, three years ago, I would have said you are out of your mind. But here we are in the year of our Lord, 2023, the summer, and Aaron, everything is before any games are being played. This is this is hunky dory time right now because there's no expectations at the moment pause did you put... just say hunky dory yeah i said hunky on dory. our mics yes i did yes that's strike one keep going okay <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is aaron Rodgers. he he <clears throat> wants to win a super bowl with the jets just just as bad as jets fans want to win a super bowl because he wants to stick it to the green bay packers he wants to, to tell the nfl world that my, how many years was he there? 18, 19 years? With the Jets? No, with the Packers. Oh, the Packers? Yeah. It wasn't 18, 19 years. It was, it was more like 11. I don't 13. know. No, no. He was drafted in 05, but he didn't start until 08, Yeah, but he was 09. still with the team, regardless. He was, he was still with the team. I'll uh, give only, him that. Only right. But one... we're talking about when he started. It was okay. like, more right. like Great. 14 years. One ring in that 14 Great. years of starting. And now here he is with the New York Jets. His only, The only other team he's played for in his career, and he's taken this massive pay cut. Because he wants to win a Super Bowl. He wants to prove to the NFL world that it wasn't me who was, who was holding our team back from winning multiple championships. It was the Green Bay Packers front office and their team building Time strategies. Out. I, I don't think he needs to prove. It's all coming together. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I agree with 95% of what you just said. I don't think he needs to prove to anybody. We know it was the Packers holding him back. They didn't drive a know. single receiver in the first they, round. They, they didn't get anybody for him. They brought in a replacement when he's having having MVP seasons. Like, Trust me, we know that Green Bay is just a, a frozen tundra wasteland when it comes to careers. Maybe we know, but a lot of people don't. A, I mean, lot, the, a lot of people will disagree well, listen, with you, man. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you, all right? Did Aaron Rodgers sometimes choke in the playoffs outside of his one Super Bowl win? Occasionally, yes. Sure, sure. But did he really have the talent around him? Not, yeah, like, not always. Did you tell me the last time he really had like a solid receiving duo? You know, or, 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 Nelson, Nelson was there, or top ten defense, or sure. you know, like you so. Know. So the fact of the matter is, Rodgers understands that in order to have the best chance to win, he's going to take less, like a Patrick Mahomes, like a Tom Brady did. I was going to say he got that play that right out of Tom Brady's playbook. Yeah. That guy's made a career after out of taking pay cuts to bring in the right guys to win a championship. And that's what the great ones do. All right? Because let's be honest, he's going to make it outside being in New York. Now you know them endorsements deals were we're coming in Green Bay. They're sure going to be coming in the Jets, especially if he can take them to a deep playoff run, which let's be honest, I mean they they're looking now like probably the best team in the AFC and East. Before this pay cut, I didn't really think the Jets had a chance at Dalvin Cook. But now look. And then I, I'm surprised he did. I actually got I, I'm going to be honest. I, I did not think Aaron Rodgers was going to take the pay cut. Well, Four surprises. You know what it is, man? I, I think it's just like the, uh, the the ayahuasca trips just really opens up and enlightens you. you know? he, was, he was always going to rework the contract because it, he was due like $2 million this year 
and 110 next year. So that was never like, for like, sure. we financially feasible. But do but we, we think it was going to come down to this to open up that much uh, room for that kind of a talent? He literally stepped away from $35 million cash. Yeah, he'll, like, he'll make that back on the back end. That's never though. happened before in the history of professional sports. And it's 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 something to, that, that should be applauded and should be uh, appreciated by Jets fans especially and admired by by uh, you know sports fans for a guy who's you know loose, step away from that money to to help his team out. And I think it's a little more commendable. Somebody get me a total of how much he's made over the course of okay, just his yeah. playing years. I don't need like, the endorsements. Like three hundred million. Yeah, I just yeah. So that's what I'm yeah, saying. So I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah Thirty five million dollars is kind of like like let's be honest, man. That that's that's like his snack change money. You know, when he goes yeah. out to have a good time, he blows probably like a quarter of that uh, on New Year's Eve. So but, so he said in his press conference yesterday that like they were asking him, you know, why. And he said, so, so we can acquire players throughout my time here that, that are, are going to be popping up. Because he said, uh, recently in the past few years, the trade deadline, a lot of bigger names have been popping up uh, recently than they have in years past. And a lot of people think he's referring to Devontae Adams out in Las Vegas with the Raiders. That would just be absolutely Imagine him and Garrett Wilson. It would be absurd. It, it would just, I'm going to be honest with you. I uh I am so glad I quit MetLife because Jets fans are unbearable when they're losing. Imagine when they're gonna actually be dominant. Oh my god. That's literally scary hours. Yeah, that's oh I thought it was gonna be the Wild West theme, not gonna lie. But anyway, it's uh Charlie. Things are trending upward. Now here's my problem with it. Let's right? hear it. Let, give it to me. My Let only me. problem is it's Super Bowl or bust at this point, baby. Uh, what, you're what? not wrong. It's you're, Super you're Bowl. Not wrong. You have entered Cowboys territory where it is anything short of a Super Bowl. It's just not an accomplishment. You don't want to hear about it. You don't even want to talk about it. Welcome to the toxicity of expecting to win what it might not happen. And you are correct, Maz. You are absolutely correct. But that's why I said right now, here we are sitting beginning of August. It's hunky-dory time. Rogers Strike two. Rodgers is making making nice throws in training camp. The videos go viral. It's all good vibes. He takes the pay cut. I'm going to enjoy this month while I can before the season starts. And every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Thursday night, whenever they play, I'm sitting there clenching my you-know-what. I'm just, I'm just letting you know right now. Um, they, they really need to win a Super Bowl. Otherwise, this whole debacle, the, the whole you know uh, hard knocks, everything – I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Let's be honest. Tell me a team right now that you guys have faith in outside of the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl other than the Jets. Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Bengals and Eagles both over them? You yeah. guys think they're in better over positions? Yeah, right now over the Jets, over I would the probably Jets. take the Eagles and, and Bengals. I, I, think, I, think I, can, I, I think I can rock with the Eagles. I don't know about the Bills. They haven't really done nothing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. say Bills. They I'd haven't probably... moved my needle. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be honest. I, I mean, if we're if what we're about talking San about like a, if we're talking about you know like what about San Fran, those those four are the only four I'll give. They you. they've already just been you know I it, I just wish they had a different quarterback. Honestly, Purdy's. Fine. How about we uh, talk about some Dalvin Cook stuff real quick before we get into the other running back news? Yep, go ahead. So Dalvin Cook visited the Jets this past weekend, and obviously now with the Rodgers extend or uh, restructure and the Quinn Williams extension, the Jets have plenty of cap space to make a move on Dalvin Cook. However, he's playing some games right now, some big games. Uh, he vis- so he visited the Jets facility on Sunday, went to practice. Well, he put out a tweet, too, Yeah, that said uh, he doesn't even want to meet with anybody else. Uh, so he, he went on the whole media, media parade. He went on Good Morning Football, went on some podcasts, did some interviews. The Hard Knocks crew followed him from his flight when he landed in, in New Jersey. His, his, they followed him in a, during his tour at the, uh, the facility in Florham Park. 
but unfortunately he left the Jets facility without a contract getting done. And my reading of the situation, and this is just aggregating reports from around the Jets beat and other, uh, you know, like news sources, is that Dalvin Cook wants to be a Miami Dolphin. Yeah. He wants to be a Miami Dolphin, but the Dolphins aren't willing to pay him as much as the Jets are offering. I heard Cowboys too. I I don't know anything about I don't I don't know, I don't know anything about that. All I've heard so far is it's between the Jets and the Dolphins and uh, the Jets. I can't imagine we'd be willing to pay him. Yeah, the, so so the, so the the Jets are willing to 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 give him a decent contract. I believe it's like around one year, six million. But the problem is he wants to be a Dolphin, and the Dolphins aren't willing to pay that price. And he's from Miami. He went to, he played high school football in Miami, yeah. and, and and that's where he wants to be. He wants to wants to play in his hometown. But the problem is they're not offering as much money as the Jets. The Jets offer a little bit more, but they're not going to – and Dalvin's trying to milk the Jets, trying to get an even bigger contract, and they're just not going to do it. They're not going to be played. They're not, not, not going to be leveraged for him to get another contract from a, a division rival. And the fact of the matter is Dalvin Cook's uh, – he's, he's a luxury. He's not a need. He would be RB2 when Brees Hall comes back Ooh, from his ACL injury. I don't know about that. Huh? Wow. I don't know about that. What are you talking about? Don't know about that. I, I honestly think I, I don't even. Brees Hall's I, coming off an injury. Coming off the injury, Dalvin Cook. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I think I saw Brees Hall took the Jets out of uh, his bio. I, I think he knows that his touches are gonna be a little more limited. I think it's gonna be closer to 50-50. No, I disagree. I, I, I think I think Dalvin Cook gives you the ability to ease Brees Hall back in slowly and Dalvin, and, and get him. Dalvin Cook's a top five running back when he's healthy. Mm. You're not gonna make him the RB two. Yes, you would. Spending that much money for him, I disagree. Spending how much money for him? Six million dollars? That's nothing. More than Brees Hall. Yeah, but but that's because Brees Hall's on his rookie contract. You're telling me if you have both those guys, Brees Hall is not your RB one? Yeah, I'm getting Dalvin Cook more carries. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be like a a, a Dallas situation when Zeke was still useful. I disagree. It's fifty fifty. I disagree. I I think Dalvin's lost a step. He's not the player he used to be. We saw that last year. Yeah, he ran for eleven hundred yards, but. It's it's kind of fraudulent numbers. He averaged only four point two yards per yards of carry per game, which is good. The league the league average is four and a half. A running back off this uh, off the the back end of the draft average four and a half. Also, yards the carry Vikings last have year. one of the. Uh, I'm be honest, Vikings have probably a, a bottom fifteen offensive line as well. So if if Dalvin's still such a a, a glorified RB one, why has why haven't more teams been knocking on his door? Why haven't more teams been offering him money? Because he's asking for a lot of money. And a lot of teams are secure at running back right now. Because it's, it's training camp, so you probably have everything you need. Mm. Guys aren't, people aren't really signing guys this late into the offseason. I, I, I disagree. Why? You have your, it, usually by this point in, this, in the offseason, you have your team set. And you I, don't want to throw a running back, especially right in the middle of training camp, because now you have to get them all caught up that quick. It's not that hard to get caught up as a running back. I mean, like, like you probably know the concepts that every team runs similar, you know, style plays these days. Half the league runs the Shanahan offense. I mean, I I, I disagree. I think I think if Dalvin was as as wanted as you think as you think he is, if if, if teams still thought he was such a, a number one running back the way he used to be, there'd be more teams knocking on his door and offering him money, offering contracts. But it's, right now, te- it's just the Jets and the Dolphins offering him close to. Midway through the like, like, like the high end running back market right now, he couldn't even get a contract like that. How do we know it's just like teams haven't necessarily tried and it's just like it's just too much money? You cannot tell me that the Bills didn't have interest in Dalvin Cook, they've been looking for a running back since last year. Six million is too much money 
for 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 a stud no, RB one no, no. as you I'm guys saying, are saying. I'm saying, saying like, making him out to be. I don't know. I'm saying like I think in terms of like he's not wanting to be there. You know, which like it's not that it's too much money. It's just that like oh he doesn't want to sign with us. I think he's being picky. You know, let's be honest. I mean, he can he can hold out. He can take a pay cut with Miami. Also, he's probably he still he, has a, a value that he thinks he's worth. You and know? we forget how much using the media can be in your in your contract negotiations. Which you want to you want to put two teams against each other to drive your bidding and word up. Not to say that there's no other, no other teams in the picture, but probably the Jets and Dolphins are the two teams that probably offer him the most. And now he's narrowing it down to those two, and he's probably putting them up against each other. Which yeah, which he's definitely trying to do, but. I'm just I'm I'm still I'm still caught up on on the fact that you guys made him make him out to be this. this he's good. I don't know why he's a, you think he's, he's a, not that he's good. He's a good running back. He's not what he used to be, and that's why there's not as big of a market for him as he as he thought there'd be. Probably I just when think he there's the- no. I, I think well, here's the thing. You're seeing bigger names not get deals done. You know, so it's like yeah. I I think the market isn't completely shot for him. It's just it's not what. Let's be honest. The, the RB market is not what RBs think it should be. It's not, but. But why is Saquon getting a one-year, eleven million dollar deal? Because and he, teams are, he folded. <laughs> okay, he folded. He got eleven million dollars, which, which as of right now, that's a, a decent contract for a running back in today's NFL. As sad as that is to say out loud, a one-year, eleven million dollar deal is a decent contract for a running back right now. Why isn't Dalvin Cook getting that? He does have a little bit more of injury history. He does. They probably have the same his, injury history. And he's yeah, old, but and he's I, older than Saquon. Yeah, but but he, you'd, you'd think he'd be closer, right? Six is barely half of eleven. That's the offer from the Jets right now. That's what's on the table. I will see. I hope he signs like a twelve million dollar deal. <laughs> I want the Bills to just throw money at him. All right, let's let's stay here with the running back market and Jonathan Taylor. The craziness that's going on in Indianapolis. You've been listening to The Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badwin.